Successful safety managers require regulatory knowledge, support from all levels of the company, and a ton of hard and soft skills. Hi, my name is Gary Marsh, and this is your Safetyology Rant. Not a talk today. Let's get started. A safety manager must get buy-in for ideas and earn employees' respect for doing the right thing. They need to be motivators and influencers and inspire workers to understand the critical importance of safety. Look, there are five things that employees want from you. If you can fulfill these five things, you will quickly gain the respect and credibility from the team. Employees want to communicate with their safety manager out in the field. Having a safety presence in the field is essential for an effective safety program and a safety department. Workers need to know that the safety manager has a passion for their work and is available to provide advice and guidance in support of the daily work. Communication is the key to having a successful safety program. You need to be accessible to meet with. Also, coaching employees is critical for your success. If operations are spread out across multiple sites or even across the country, the safety manager should have daily communication with their safety supervisors and field safety specialists established at each one of those locations. So essentially what I do is I use a safety committee and I have a committee member on at each site and they are my point of contact for those sites until I can actually visit each of those sites. Safety managers should schedule time each day to observe and coach workers in the field. Employees want their safety manager to help provide solutions to problems, not just point them out. An effective safety manager identifies hazards and deficiencies and in a collaborative effort provides corrective actions and feasible solutions. Be open to new ideas and listen to employees' suggestions for improvements. Your employees are the boots on the ground performing the work, and they often have great ideas that will advance safety efforts, even if the ideas are not firmly based on standard industry safety practices. To be an effective safety manager, you need to listen to employees' concerns and suggestions and always act on them. Employees want to feel that their safety manager sincerely cares about their safety and well-being. The foundation of every company's safety program is an assembly of safety policies, rules, and procedures. State and federal safety governing agencies also mandate safety and health regulations that must be followed. The real goal, however, is for employees to return home from work in the same condition that they arrive so that they may provide for their families and do what they enjoy outside of work. An effective safety manager will engage employees and coach them on why it is important for them to work safely. To have fluence in promoting a strong safety culture, you will need to have rapport with employees and know that what motivates them in their job. 
Employees want their safety manager to give positive feedback. Communicating positive feedback is proven more effective in establishing good safety practices and a positive safety culture than merely punishing bad behaviors. Positive reinforcement increases a worker's self-esteem and motivation and helps them understand that safety is a core value to the company. Then, When it is appropriate to apply disciplinary actions for an unsafe act or safety violation, the disciplinary action will be more effective. An employee who has been built up on positive reinforcement will not want to disappoint their safety manager and or supervisor. Employees want their safety manager to have practical knowledge of trades, work processes, you know, whatever they're evaluating. This is big. I just had a conversation with Bob, not his real name, regarding this very subject. Here is the story from his point of view. He was working in an area that is very tight and not ergonomically correct. While working in tiny little spaces like that, he had to wear safety glasses. It's required, right? Anyway, if you've ever worked in a tight space with safety glasses on and you start sweating, you know that the glasses will fog up. And Regardless of those uh, fog, anti-fog, you know, liquids that you can use in your glasses and stuff, that stuff only works for a short period of time and then eventually your, your safety glasses will fog up. In my professional safety opinion, when the glasses are fogging up, they become more of a hazard than what they are protecting you from. I've seen guys actually get hurt wearing safety glasses because they had to wear them, regardless of the situation. Back to Bob's story. Bob got to a point he could no longer see out of his glasses, so he took them off. He finished the job and made his way out of the tight space he had been working in. He turned around and the safety director was standing directly behind him. She immediately said, where are your safety glasses? He reached into his pocket and pulled out his fogged up, sweat-drenched glasses to show her why he had taken them off. She didn't even care. She just told him to put them back on and follow the rules. What she should have done was ask the question, why did you have to take off your glasses? When he answered, maybe she should have climbed into the small space he had been working in. Once in, evaluate the job and change the requirement or offer up an alternative to the safety glasses. With that, a safety manager should have a good understanding of the work processes and the equipment being used by the workforce. Having hands-on experience with the tools, terminology, and operating procedures will help establish trust and credibility. If there is a machine shop, the safety manager should know the shop equipment, uh, stuff like lathes, shears, and things like that. You also need to know how it works. And if there are welding operations, the safety manager should have a good understanding of the different welding processes, i.e. MIG, TIG, oxyacetylene, and how they are performed. Employees will have a difficult time respecting a safety manager who has not taken the time to learn how each department operates. It is not difficult to walk into a machine shop and notice a guard missing from a piece of equipment, but... Knowing how the equipment works and the language associated will help a safety manager improve communication and influence when advising on safety. As a safety manager, if you see an opportunity to strengthen 
one of these areas, then make a personal goal for improvement. Employee involvement and support are essential for high-performing safety programs. Meeting their wants will improve the teamwork and collaboration needed for success. So here is something I've learned in my safety career. I've learned that employees were often written up or fired for breaking safety rules. Not by me, of course, but I witnessed it a lot. I'll get back to this in a second. They also felt backed into a corner by management due to the conflicting goals. All companies are very performance driven and employees felt the pressure from stretched goals and da- you know the daily, weekly, and monthly targets. They wanted to work safely, but they also wanted to be successful at their jobs. Management focus is always on performance, not safety. When accidents occurred, it was quickly determined to be the employee's fault for not working safely. Now, back to written up. I would give out my root causes as to why an incident happened, and it most generally was based around not enough training, no training, and usually inadequate procedures. Even though I written in my report that the root cause was a training issue, the employee would inevitably get written up for it. In every case, it undermined my safety program, and I would have to work really hard to regain that employee's trust. Of course, that employee would tell others, and that made it even more difficult to manage my program. I even had managers fire employees, and the manager would say that it was the safety issue that determined the firing. That really chaps my ass. Anyway, I lasted only a short period of time in that particular company that I've been talking about. The way they treated people was the worst, and they would hide behind my safety program. They were cowards. Anyway, it's really hard to change the safety culture of a larger company because, one, they really don't want to change. Even if it is for the benefit of the company, they still don't want to change. I have found that workers will make the best decision with the choices that are available to them. However, those choices are often constrained by time pressures, uh, diminishing resources, systems, complexity, and stress to achieve performance goals. In those situations, safety can become just another performance goal. Now, if you've never heard of KPIs before, KPIs are key performance indicators. A guy named Peter Drucker said, what gets measured gets done. Measurement is an essential management tool as it helps determine if your work is making an impact. Safety's KPIs are total recordable injury cases, lost time accidents, near misses, and usually property damage. This adds to the anxiety since it makes the company seem more concerned about its corporate image and the cost of insurance than it is about the safety of its employees. As employees, we feel resentment when we are devalued. When profit and the company image become more important than the people who keep everything running, employees naturally feel exploited. This is what I call a classic lose-lose scenario. The company takes a moral hit, loses employee loyalty, and workers become very disengaged. The employees don't feel appreciated or valued, and this can result in high turnover rates and other signs of poor work culture. When a safety incident occurs, the first question we should ask is, 
is, why did the employee perform a task that led to an incident? Understanding the employee's action is the beginning of the investigation, not the end of it. The root cause is never they did not follow the set procedures. There's always more to the story. To get to the real cause, we have to look into systems, constraints, culture, and all the other contributing factors. So is it people or profit in your company or your business? When there are conflicting goals between performance and safety, it comes down to one simple question. Which is more important, people or profit? I have asked this question to managers on LinkedIn and in person, and I am truly saddened about how many times they say profit is more important to business than people are. Profit is to business what oxygen is to people, they will often say. It comes down to purpose. I've never met a person who believed that their purpose in life was just to breathe air. Likewise, the purpose of a business is not to make a profit. Now, hear me out on this. Businesses need to be profitable to survive, but that profitability comes from running a good business. The real purpose of any business is to supply goods and services. Profitability is what allows it to keep going and doing that. There are many problems with the profit before people philosophy. All businesses are in a three-part harmonious relationship between the employees, i.e. your team, suppliers, your business partners, and customers, the end user of your services and goods. All of these happen to be people. If you mistreat or harm your employees, suppliers, or customers, you hurt your business. All three must be treated with the same level of appreciation and respect. After all, would you expect devalued low morale employees to value customers? Do systems serve people? Uh, This is a question I've asked myself a lot. A safety management system is one of many systems used to be successful in a company. Systems enable success, but we must remember that those systems should serve people and not the other way around. When the safety management system becomes more important than the people it was designed to protect, it has become a broken system. People come first. When people get hurt, we need to see how the systems failed, not the employee. The employee is the customer of the system. When someone deviates from safe work practices, we need to understand why and stop blaming the person that got hurt. Incidents have more to do with systems than people. Under the same conditions, others would have acted the same way as the employee involved in the incident. Let that sink in for a minute. Let's value people and work with employees to constantly improve our systems. Make sure your safety management system is serving your employees and never let employees feel like the safety program is more important than they are. Businesses are made of people and for people. People must always come first. Okay, I think I'm done ranting now. Thanks for listening today. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe as it helps us to make more podcasts that will hopefully help more people. My name is Gary Marsh and this is your Safetyology Rant on how safety typically works. Until the next one, bye.